I don't want to talk about the details of the case. I don't want to talk about the the specific issues um, and the legal issues and who is this and who is right and who is wrong on the case when it comes to this um, this trial, this Brelo trial and the verdict that came in. And there's a lot of people that are upset about the verdict, and there's a lot of people who said, hey, that's exactly right. I, I want to stay away from that, not because it's a cop-out. I want to stay away from that because, to me, there's a larger issue at hand in terms of moving forward and finding perspective and finding justice and finding, at the end, ultimately, what the healing is going to be is understanding, And the problem that we have, I believe, in this country is that we don't know how to talk about race. Now, don't you hate, and I hate it too, I'm watching the television sometimes and I always hear this line come out of a pundit's mouth, Um, and their intentions are good. But usually what, what they end up saying is this, well, you know what, at the end of a tragedy, right, there's some sort of tragedy, and we've seen a ton of them this year, and it usually ends with a white police officer taking a black man's life. Now, wherever you stand on that, the facts are what we are seeing is this pattern. Now, whether that pattern was, has been there forever, which a lot of people say it has, or whether this is a new sort of um, uh, story or narrative of, of a police force and police uh, uh, across America being more aggressive, um, or whether it's a different narrative of, of, of a rebellion against police um, and a disrespect for authority, whatever you think that narrative is, let me offer this. At the end of the day, when you hear that pundit say, we need a conversation about race in America. We need to start a conversation. We need to have a better conversation about race in America. That's what they always say around these issues. And my question is, what are, we, what are you talking about? And, and, and the other thing I want to say is, are we actually going to have the conversation? Like, when is the conversation actually going to occur? Because everyone keeps calling for it. We need to have a conversation about race in America. Everyone keeps calling it, and once in a while, on some ridiculous show like Piers Morgan, which has been canceled, or some of these other shows, they have these watered-down conversations about race with pre-you know questions and you know made-up answers and watered-down responses in order to be able to f- you know fulfill a status quo of a liberal or a conservative agenda. But we're actually not having the real, authentic conversation about race, race relations, racism in America. Because it's hard. It's a difficult thing to do. Because at some point, if you're really going to have a conversation about race in America, or differences, ethnic differences and tensions in America, whatever the case may be, you're going to have to be humble when you approach it. What I mean by that is I'll say it. As educated as I think that I might be, or, or cultured as I, may, I think I may be, or whatever, I don't know what it's like to be a black man or woman in America. I don't know what it's like to be a Chinese American. I don't know what it's like to be uh, a Filipino American. I don't know. What I know what it's like to be, I know what it's like to be Aaron. I know what it's like to be an Italian, Irish, and a bunch of different little other pieces that make me the mutt coming from an immigrant background, th- third generation here in this country. American, and I'm considered Caucasian. 
I don't even like the term white. I don't even know what that means. I don't know if that means privilege. I don't know if that means my skin color. I don't know what that means. But I know my perspective and what I've, what I've experienced. But I don't know really. I, can have st- I, I, I could have studied, which I have, have conversations, investigations about what it's like to be black in America or all these other things. I could, I could do that. And, and I could, you, you can do everything that you can, but unless it's you, you don't know. You really don't know. And that goes for all sides. That goes for all perspectives. Unless it's you, your perspective is valid. Who you are is valid. Your viewpoint on America is valid. But you don't know what it's like to be somebody else or have someone else's experience. You can empathize and try to learn. And that's what I'm talking about. The problem that we have with a conversation in this country is that we got to start from there. We got to start from scratch. We got to start with saying, I don't know, but I'd like to learn. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to understand things that I don't understand. I'm willing to listen to people's perspectives without condemning them right away. I might not agree with the things that I hear or the tactics or the political viewpoint, but I'm, I'm more concerned about the end game, which is less people dying because of misunderstanding. Because if that's what it's about, then that's how we got to have the conversation. You know, every year we have the Super Bowl, the sports event. Everybody around the country, everybody around the world comes together and watches this game and everyone cheers for a particular team, but we all come together nationally. It becomes a national sort of event. Could you imagine in this country if we had a national event around having a conversation about race? Can you imagine that? And I'm talking about uplifted and sponsored by every major media network, every you know political um, personality, every community activist, every mom and pop store, everybody tunes in to a national conversation about race in which we try to figure out differences, moving forward, incidents, misunderstandings, perspectives, and have a really critical dialogue about this. And sometimes it can get inflamed, but it's always civil. And we do the hard stuff. We have the hard conversations, which is this, that we don't know each other. We think we might know each other. We don't. We have many of us live in segregated societies and segregated neighborhoods. Many of us drive over the bridge of a different person or a different socioeconomic background or a different person who looks different than us. Many of us do that. Many of us work together, but then we all go home to our neighborhoods. Many of us, not all of us, but many people in America don't understand what it's like to live or to be near someone different than them. Now, there are people who are experiencing this and are trying to start this conversation saying, listen, this is what they're saying. They're saying, and I agree, that we have more in common as people than we do different. Now, I've experienced this traveling around the country doing monologues, and that's a limited perspective, but that's what I've seen. That's what I experienced. I believe that you got to start from that perspective. If you're going to have a conversation about race, you have to start with saying this, that all of us as human beings, generally, and I say that generally, all of us want the same thing. I'm talking about the universal needs of human beings, love, affection, family, kindness, compassion, security, say, you know, all these things, most human beings want these things. 
The majority of us want these things. And if you can start there with your conversation, then you're going somewhere. Because what you're saying is that we are more alike than we are different. That's very simple. and You've heard it all the time. It might even be corny. But really, at the end of the day, it is that simple. But you have to start there. Because otherwise, what you're saying is, if you don't start there, you're saying that because someone's different than you in terms of their skin color, or their background, their socioeconomic status, or the way that they talk, and all these things, that they are fundamentally different in their needs as a human being than you are. Now, if you start there, then you're not going to get anywhere. And I think that's where we're at right now, is we don't even know how to start the conversation. So I say start there. Start there by saying, I don't know about race in America. I'm going to say it. I don't know. I don't know about what it's like. I've experienced my perspective and I'd like to offer it. And I'll always offer it. But I don't know much about the deep-rooted racial divisions in this country. But I think I do know how to approach it in terms of having a, a thoughtful and healing conversation. And let's go back to that Super Bowl analogy that I talked about. If we all can come together and commit to this thing, then we're actually moving somewhere. You know, I'm going to go with the sports analogy one more time before I end. In sports, they always talk about that sports teams are, are um, structures that break down the racial divide. They always are. It seems that it doesn't mean that you that we're all that we all become one color or one background, but it breaks it down in terms of um, cooperation and understanding and love. Because on a sports team, you all have to identify that there is a goal that you're trying to strive for. And if you come in from a different neighborhood or background, rural city, you all then have to decide if you're going to be successful that the ultimate goal of winning together is more important than the differences. Tall, short, skinny, fat, fast, slow, black, white. There are all these differences and complexities. But you have to use those to your strength rather than your detriment. And you have to understand that if we can cooperate around this particular goal of winning, then all of a sudden we have more in common than we do different. And now you're reaching towards that longer uh, um, sort of goal, which is to win and to cooperate and to experience connectivity and collectivism together, shared prosperity together, because you were willing to go past those differences. So we got to be like we got to be like a successful sports team as a country. We have to be willing to not be. An unsuccessful sports team, which is ones that, that let ego and personalities and differences break them down, that, that allow individual um, needs and goals to trump the goal of the team. And that's what we're doing right now with the conversation about race in America. We are, we are putting too much into the idea of being right rather than understanding each other, about being angry than coming together. And I think a real conversation will be the first step in terms of healing that. But we got to have the will to do it. And I don't know if we do. I certainly know the mainstream media doesn't have the, the, the balls to do this kind of shit. To host a conversation like that. They'll host, they'll host the, the Duggars on TV. But they're not going to host a real conversation. You know, PBS had some balls hosting a you know, poverty forum and, and race in America conversation. I think Tavis Smiley has done a number of programs like that. 
public television, how many people watch that? I'd like to see the ratings on that thing. How many people watch that? I did. But let's talk about an let's talk about mainstream media and every outlet at least once a year uplifting a conversation that's real and authentic. And I don't want cue cards. And I don't want people sitting up there trying to be politically correct. Are we willing to have that kind of critical conversation? Or is it going to be more watered-down corporate bullshit? And I have a feeling that unless we change the way we have conversations, it's going to be that. It's going to be the watered-down shit. And then at the end of the day, we're still going to be talking and we're still going to be saying, you know what? We really need to have a conversation about race in America without having the ability or the courage to actually do it. That's the problem that we have. We're gutless. Together we're gutless when it comes to race in America. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about our fears that we have, even subconsciously, even from a cultured perspective of each other. We don't want to talk about the fears that we have. Still, we don't want to talk about those weaknesses that we have in terms of stereotypes we create for our own mental safety or our own mental organization that we have. We walk into a neighborhood, we look at a person a certain way, no matter how cultured we are, and that means me too. You still shift a little differently. You still look at people just, and when you find yourself, and I find myself, even still, creating stereotypes about different people in different ways because I don't understand them. And stereotypes can be a good thing when it comes to survival. I'm talking about the immediate survival, right? So if you see someone coming towards you with a knife, I would say that the idea of going, you know what, I want to understand this person, probably isn't the best approach. Use a stereotype and say, this person looks like they're attacking me, I'm going to save myself. That makes sense. But when it, when it comes to understand the three-dimensional human being across from us, the behaviors of a, of a group of people, give understanding a chance. Give learning a chance. Embrace the learning as opposed to the judgment. The judgment feels better at first because it organizes it for you. It makes it less complex. And it actually mirrors a culture that we have of sort of black and white and five-minute you know, videos and, and one in and, and 30-second or 20-second binds and all the stuff that kind of takes really complex issues and makes it digestible. Just because you can look up on a Wikipedia page, a Wikipedia page, just because you can look up Langston Hughes doesn't mean that you're immersed in African-American culture. Just because you can look up Timothy McVeigh on a Wikipedia page doesn't mean you know everything about Caucasian people. Just because you watch a three-minute you know, preview of, of some show or, or, or conversation or video on YouTube doesn't make you educated. It doesn't, make you, um, it doesn't give you perspective. It really doesn't. This is a complex issue, race in America, police brutality, socioeconomic differences, rich and poor. These are all very complex issues. We owe it to the issues to deal with them in a complicated way. We owe it to the issues to make our approach to it complicated. Otherwise, we're not going to get anywhere. And that conversation I'm talking about will never happen.